Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. At this time last week, we were talking about a surging bunch of Red Sox. Now we're talking about the same team, but in the muck of an eight-game losing streak. You know how Dean Wormer said to flounder at Animal House, fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son? Yeah, the Red Sox are now the Delta Tau Chi equivalent of Flounder. We got to get into it. Don't want to, but we're gonna. This is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're gonna find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Let's start by giving you a couple of lasts off the top here on the old podcast-o today. Uh, the last eight starting pitchers for Boston have combined for 37 innings pitched and a 10.2 ERA. I have done a lot of research, been on a bunch of websites, talked to a lot of scouts, and I have determined beyond a shadow of a doubt, that's not good. Uh, here's another for you that goes back a little longer than a week. In the last 50 years... Teams that have missed a postseason after leading the majors in runs. 96 Mariners, 08 Rangers, 2011 Red Sox, and maybe this year's Red Sox. Josh Lewin with you. Uh, There will not be a chance to win the AL East. It's over. It's done. The Yankees are 14 and a half games up on the Sox and will now face the horrible Orioles and Blue Jays the next 11 games. Boston's got a clubhouse filled with eight All-Stars, two Cy Young winners, and an MVP. And right now, they're the seventh-best AL team of the 10 that were even trying to contend this year. 55 losses, so they've exceeded last year's total, and there's still eight weeks to go. I've given you this one before, but I want to update it because I think it's very telling. Uh, When scoring five or more runs last year, the Red Sox still managed to go 46-46, and best in baseball. This year, they are 13 and 46, which is 27th best in baseball. Last year, through this many games, the starters had an ERA of three and a half. This year, it is north of five. So I don't know how much clearer it could be that the alpha issue of 2019 is the supposedly star-studded $88 million rotation. Instead, it's been stuck in the mud all year, starting with the the dud from Sale in Seattle opening day. We're going to hear from Sale later in this podcast. Red Sox have 16 starts of fewer than three innings. That is the most in the majors by a team that does not employ an opener. At least on Friday, that was not a thing. This was a 4-2 loss where everything happened in the first inning. Everything. J.D. Martinez, two-run home run off Mr. Cutter. James Paxton, 24th of the year, fourth in his last seven games. Thank you. But then Glaber Torres, grand slam off Eduardo Rodriguez in the bottom of the first. And then nothing. For eight innings. Final was four to two. So five losses in a row for the Sox at that point. Longest losing streak since 2015. And that Rodriguez made it through six and two thirds. There's actually a credit 
to his perseverance. He had uh, needed 50 pitches to get the first six outs. He ended up allowing five hits. He walked six, the most he had walked in a game since last September at Yankee Stadium. He did strike out eight. And the Yankees were 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position against him outside of the, the Glaber Torres home run. Boston had won 17 out of the last 20 Eddie starts going into that Friday game. Uh, they had won 23 of their last 24 when he gave them six innings or more. But it was just not to be. Uh, Sox had only two other hits besides the Martinez home run. Their last seven hitters went down in order. No one got the ball out of the infield. So when the Sox extended that losing streak to five games, that ended a 662-game run without a five-game losing streak. Longest such streak in franchise history, fifth longest in Major League history. I know that brings the room down. So here's a dad joke for you. I think uh, after every loss now, at least for the next week or two, maybe we'll introduce some levity just to, to get you away from, from bad feelings here. Here's dad joke number one from the weekend. Uh, did you hear about the new bar on the moon? The drinks are great, but the place has no atmosphere. Yeah, thank you. All right, Saturday, uh, game one of a double dip. Prepare more dad jokes. A 9-2 loss, totally non-competitive. And in each of the last five Red Sox-Yankees doubleheaders, the Yankees have won game one. Red Sox have responded by winning game two. That would not be a thing on Saturday. Chris Sale did not have a lot of help from the home plate umpire, Mike Estabrook. He was terrible. And uh, Alex Cora's first ejection of the year, telling him exactly that, did little to inspire the troops. It was 4-1 to one when he got ejected, 8-1 to one by the time the inning ended. Sale would end up ejected in this game. Uh, and, and Sale had every right to be annoyed with the strike zone, but he was facing the bottom of the order, couldn't get guys like Higashioka out or Bravik Valera out. So maybe he kind of deserved some of that fate, but uh, did not deserve a bad strike zone. That that was not cool. Let's hear a little bit from a frustrated Chris Sale. That's tough. You know, this is it's a good lineup. Um, you know, it's hard enough playing this game you know, as it is. Uh, you give these guys, you know, extra outs, and it's it's going to hurt. I, I felt like he it kind of changed the landscape of the game, but. Um, there's, there's got to be something, got to be something that can be done about this. You know, we're we're, we're held as accountable as players, um, as coaches. Um, you know, I take pride in holding myself accountable, and I'll be the first to tell you, I'd, I don't think I threw the ball, you know, terrible, but I definitely didn't throw the ball great today. Um, but like I said, it's 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 a little tough when you know, at this level you give you know those guys in those situations extra strikes and extra outs. Um, I got to do a little bit better job of locking it in and getting my job done, not worrying about what's going on, you know, back there with him. But um, you know, nonetheless, it's 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 tough. Do you think an electronic umpire, if they could perfect that, uh, the balls and strikes would be good? Um, I don't know. I, that's obviously not my decision to make. Um, no, I just I'll leave it at that. You keep saying you are not hurt. Can you say that again? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think if you look at how my games are going, it's just pitches that are out over the plate. You know, if, if I throw, it just seems like guys now are just, you know, hitting the mistakes. You know, a lot, you know, in previous years, you know, if you make a few mistakes, you might get away with a couple. And um, you know, just haven't, haven't, honestly, haven't been good, but haven't been, you know, lucky at all either. So it just seems like every mistake that I make, it, it's, it's capitalized on on the other side. 
Sale did talk for a while after that, too. But in the interest of brevity, uh, we'll just kind of move it along here. The Sox are 8-15 and 15 in Chris Sale started games now. And he himself is 5-11, and 4.7 ERA. That includes an 0-4 with a 9.9 in four starts against the pinstripes. It's the pitching. I'm telling you, the six teams with better records than the Red Sox, including the division leaders, they all rank in the top six in the league in ERA. That's what they got in common. Oh, your dad joke. Uh, horse walks into a bar. Bartender says, why the long face? Well, you know what? If the Red Sox are going to mail it in, I'm going to mail it in with the dad jokes. Game two, Saturday. The Yankees, just to sum this up, they erased a pair of early leads thanks to two Glaber Torres homers. They scored twice in the seventh against Matt Barnes and then got out of a bases loaded jam in the eighth. So they complete the doubleheader sweep six to four, the nightcap final. So make it seven straight losses, not too long after a five-game win streak that had us all so excited. The fellas actually held a players-only meeting between those games, first of the year, we surmise. A lot of talk about what they all need to do better, I guess, but then they didn't really actually do it in game two. Best opportunity for a breakthrough was top of the eighth bases loaded for Devers, but he chased a Zach Britton breaking ball in the dirt. So combined with that uh, game one loss, you're looking at uh, 55 losses for the year. We mentioned that's more than they had all of last year. You're looking at two hits and two games with runners in scoring position Saturday and bottoming out to one and seven at Yankee Stadium for the year, although it would get worse on Sunday. Benintendi and Bradley each homered in game one. That was cool, but after Bradley's home run, the Red Sox went down in order through the end of that game. Matt Barnes in game two. We should mention, you know, he had just gotten through a brilliant July, but there's something about Yankee Stadium that Matt Barnes just can't navigate. His career ERA there is now close to 10, and of all active players with at least 10 innings, there's only one guy who's worse, and believe it or not, that's Zach Greinke who, of course, the Astros just acquired, and keep that in mind when the Astros maybe have to go to Yankee Stadium in October. The Yankees win, but they do lose Edwin Encarnacion. He got hit in the wrist by a pitch from Josh Smith. What Yankee stays clear of the IL this year? Any? They've placed 25 players on the IL. They've used it 29 times. Every time the floor is just about mopped and cleaned again, another guy walks in with muddy shoes. And Glaber Torres, just to leave this here for a second, this is a guy that hit 24 home runs in parts of five minor league seasons. He's got 46 home runs in a year and a half in the big leagues. And let's remember that half the Yankees' A-ball roster in the Florida State League at Tampa are older than Glaber Torres. That's depressing, isn't it? Let's see how depressed Alex Cora sounded after the doubleheader sweep. Here is the manager. I left that fastball over the plate for Torres, but, you know... He, he used his breaking ball early in the game and, and did a good job. Um, we knew that you know the pitch count wasn't going to be way up there. We were thinking about 75, but then that inning kind of like it seems like we were going to be able to to navigate through four, but they could put him good at bats and good at bats. And you know the pitch to Torres, it was a fastball, middle middle up, I think. He put a good swing on it. Do you find yourself managing aggressively tonight? As far as. Uh, Pinch hitting, early bullpen, like going to your guys. And... No, I mean that that was where we were as far as like the pitching. Right. You know, we know that going into the game. Um, as far as the pinch hitting, you know, we we look for an opportunity there, and with that matchup, you know, we kind of like and we went to Brock there, but you know, it's just going into the game, we knew it was going to be something like that. Barnes have been so good in July. You know, what, what do you see? Um, just uh, command, um, you know, Torres hits a breaking ball, and then I think it was three walks. 
made some good pitches on Maven, but then he left to break the ball up. Um, just kind of like deep counts, a lot of quality of bats, foul balls, and he wasn't able to put them away. Alex, do you feel like his pace hurts him sometimes? Um, uh, sometimes we, we talk about it, uh, but then when you know when there's traffic, obviously you know you got to pay attention to runners. You know he's and just the, the sequences, the signs, all that stuff. You know we would like him to to be quicker. I think sometimes just like work, you know, work kind of like he was the same way and now you see him picking up his tempo and then you know, we talk to him about it but uh, when the game gets like that, you know, you slow it down, you're thinking about the sequences and where we're going to go, so I understand that part. You guys have been good with runners in scoring position all year long and these last two days you haven't been uh, the last The last month and a half we were good and the last week we haven't been good. Um, uh, you got to give credit to, to the you know the Rays and the Yankees, but at the same time, you know we we got to do better. Uh, and there was one there, second and third, no outs, and you know Mookie gets a big hit after two outs. And uh, you know Christian, we we still second, and you know he's not able, you know, to hit the ball, you know, to the right side. We don't advance a runner, and you know we like them to take shots, you know, but uh, you know we sometimes uh, the game will dictate kind of like you know. Uh, we hit a ground second, and we advance the runner. We score there. Depending where we're in the game, we like that too. But you know, it's been like that the last five days, six days, and uh, kind of like we regress. You know, it's kind of like early in the season that you know we had a lot of traffic, but we don't. Uh, we're not, you know, taking advantage of those situations. Yeah, it was one of the stretches. You know, uh, you know, we we knew this was going to be a, a tough stretch as far as like the pitching. You know, facing the Rays and the Yankees, but you know, we know we can hit. You know, and just a matter of you know just slowing down the game and get back to swinging pitches in the middle zone, not go to the edges. And when we do that, we're elite. So, you know, um, hopefully tomorrow we can get back to that, have a good game, and then go home. The team had a uh, players only being between games. Did you worry about the impact of that when, when they lose right out when you lose? No, no, I mean, that's, you know, the whole thing about meetings and all that is just, you know, they they had to talk about something, you know, and, um, you know, the effort was good. You know, it was a good game, and we just, you know, didn't win. That's it, you know, and uh, we can't be saying we're playing good games, whatever. we got to start winning, but, you uh, and I understand where they are, and I understand where they're coming from, and it's good that they met. You know, that, that's a good sign about the group. You got Chris tomorrow? Yeah, David tomorrow. Yeah. Alex, what, what makes Torres such a, such a tough hitter, even at only 22? He, he covers, I mean, <laughs> these 22-year-old kids, you know, they're pretty solid. You know, we got our own. Uh, you know, he, he covers pitches up in his own where the game is going. You know, he's able to handle those pitches and at the same time. You know, uh, he's able to slow down at bats, and you saw the breaking ball. You know, he goes the other way after he hit two home runs, you know. And uh, he has a good approach. Uh, he gets that foot down with two strikes, trying to make contact, too. So I think that's uh, the biggest difference compared to last year. I, I think last year there were some wild swings at certain bats, but now everything is under control. All right, there's a the manager. And, you know, in 06, you might remember the Yankees swept a five-game series from Boston here in the Bronx. That was kind of the, the knockout punch for the Red Sox playoff hopes, and it snapped a three-year run of playoff appearances. So this all has a, a very awfully familiar ring to Boston fans right now. I guess the good news, the next year after 06, they did bounce back and, and win it all. Which brings us to another dad joke. Two cannibals are eating a clown. One turns to the other and says, does this taste funny to you? On to Sunday. Uh, entering action, here's what we were thinking. Uh, since the first day of summer, 
Forget about how the Yankees and Rays have done. The Sox is part of the group of AL East losers. It's been Toronto 18 and 19, Baltimore 17 and 18, Boston 17 and 19. So yeah, of all the losers in the losers bracket, Boston worse than the Orioles and Blue Jays these last five or six weeks. Not something we had put on the grid at all coming out of spring training. Remember how bad spring training was. We were all so panicked about how it looked in spring training. And as it turns out, rightfully so. So that's, I guess, the narrative heading in it. It felt very much like a a must-win kind of game because of all that. And the Sunday pitching matchup was really kind of interesting. A couple lefties who had both just rushed back from paternity leave just in time to get back to work. Jay Happ for New York. David Price for the Red Sox. And some quick math, this was a World Series baby. I don't know exactly when conception happened, but if you go back nine months and do that math, almost to the date... I think we know how the price is celebrated. Uh, David Price has had a tough go of it of late. Last four starts coming in, 19 and a third innings, six and a half ERA. He's still got a 3.86 ERA for the year, or had one, although he usually does not do very well in the Bronx, as you probably know. And sure enough, home run to Aaron Judge early on. Urshela, cleanup man for the Yankees, hit a bomb in the third inning. So that's eight home runs allowed in the last five starts for David. It was zero the five starts before that. Urshela, just go back to him for a second. This is a guy that had 43 at-bats in the majors, all for Toronto last year. And he's a cleanup man for the Yankees now. And the Yankees end up winning this game 7-4. Six runs came out of that bottom of the third, and it was the bottom of the order. Guys wearing numbers like 66 and 74, just crushing David Price. Seriously. Uh, 7-0 at that point. Sox did get two runs back in the fifth, back-to-back homers from Vasquez and Chavis. And that's 17 and 18 home runs, respectively, for those guys. I would have expected, I would say, four and zero at this point of the year from those two because Vasquez uh, has never been a home run hitter. Chavis, we didn't think we'd see until September, but 17 and 18 for them. They got two more runs back in the sixth, two runs single by Andrew Benintendi, who has certainly not been the problem of late. So they've sliced it from 7 nothing to 7-4, and you're thinking, could this be the first loss of a 7 nothing lead for the Yankees since they did it in that 2011 finale in Tampa Bay? The thing that knocked the Sox out of the playoffs. That'd be cool. But no, uh, 7-4 ended up being the final. And the bullpen kind of saved it. Uh, Ryan Weber was phenomenal. And if you look at this, the last couple of games, or the last couple of days anyway, Josh Smith and Ryan Weber, seven innings and one run. Then you look at what Sale and Price did with an ERA in the 22s. Very weird. And the bullpen right now, I mean, think about this. Barnes, Workman, and Brian Johnson or the only survivors from opening day. Brazier, Brewer, Velazquez are in Pawtucket. Hembry's on the IL. Thornburg's been released. What does it all mean? Well, look, I mean, during this eight-game losing streak, runs allowed have been 9, 6, 8, 9, 4, 9, 6, and 7. Where's a 2? Where, where's a 3, even? You know, that $88 million rotation, somebody's got to give you six innings of one-run ball at some point. Cleveland, 38-16 and 16 since the start of June. They're here to stay. The Indians won on Sunday. The Astros won on Sunday. The A's, the Rays, the Twins, everyone else of note won on Sunday. Of course, the Yankees did as well. Red Sox lost. So it's see you later, 161st Street. See you next year. One win at Yankee Stadium all year. Not good. Swept out of the Bronx. Losers of eight straight. Oh, and I owe you a dad joke, don't I? Um, All right, let's see here. Why don't dinosaurs talk? Because they're dead. All of them, every single one of them. Uh, so, all right, uh, step right up, Kansas City. 
please. 40 and 73 is the Royals record. They've got lefty Mike Montgomery on the Monday night game at Fenway. 6.34 ERA. That is worse than Rick Porcello's 5.74. Rick Porcello is still not at 100 strikeouts for the year. Something's very, very wrong, obviously. Velocity is way down. Location's been bad all year. But something's got to give here. Game time, 7-10 at Fenway Monday night. And at least the Sox are looking at this here. Kansas City comes in 27th in runs, 28th in home runs, 27th in ERA. So bring all that, Ned Yost. Red Sox Nation needs a break. And I guess we'll, we'll leave it there because there's just not a lot to say right now other than it's better be a 6-1 and one homestand. We've said that a lot, you know, and uh, <laughs> when you're losing to teams like Baltimore and Detroit and Toronto at home, it's very easy to think there's no way they go 6-1 and one against the Royals and Angels. They certainly can go 6-1, and one, if not 7-0, and oh, against the Royals and Angels. The Angels are devastated by injuries right now. They're not very good, and the Royals are, are a bad team. So we talked about all that star power. You guys know what's there, too. You guys own a lot of these jerseys. So 6-1, and 7-0, oh, go get it. And, and then we'll talk about being four games out in the wild card, and, and we'll all have a, a nice middle of August into September. But if you do what you've been doing against, say, Toronto and the White Sox at home, Baltimore and Detroit at home, which is to go 4-3 and three or 3-4, three and four, I understand if the attention shifts to the Patriots. I really do. I, I don't want to see that because I don't do a Patriots podcast. I have no interest in that. So come on, fellas. Starts with you, Rick Porcello. This is Josh Lewin. Try to keep the faith. I'll try to keep the dad jokes to a minimum. Bye-bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.